This is Speakernomics, the podcast about becoming a better speaker and building a better business. I'm your host, Tom Singer, and I am so fortunate that I get to host this podcast where I get to meet and talk to some really fascinating people in the industry of professional speaking and hear their tips on how to grow business so that I can share that out with all of you. And today, we're talking to Dr. Rob Pennington. Hey, Rob, welcome to Speakernomics. Hey, Tom, I'm so excited and honored to be here, and thank you so much for your service to the association and presenting such valuable information so often that all of us need to grow our business. Well, today, Rob, we're going to talk about how speakers can get approved for continuing education units for their online courses and their in-person speaking and training. So what are your two tips for speakers on how to get CEUs approved? Bite-sized learning experiences is number one. And two, having a serving attitude rather than a sales attitude. Ooh, okay. So we're going to have some fun talking about this, unpacking what are continuing education units, how they fit into different industries. But for those of you who don't know Dr. Rob Pennington, he helps people recognize their stress and move through it quicker. And he helps them have less conflict at work and at home, which means that people can live better lives than they ever imagined. So, Rob, how long have you been a professional speaker? Well, I was talking with you earlier about since elementary school. <laughs> I used to get in trouble for speaking all the time. But I, think, prefer- I think that's a regular thing that I hear from speakers. <laughs> I know I know my brother, when we were cleaning out my dad's house, my brother found a card from a second grade teacher that said he talks too much. And my brother was like, wow, with what you charge, that teacher probably owes you thousands of dollars. I have the same report cards and no teacher ever told me I could get paid to speak. <laughs> But anyway, I began uh, in the late 70s, traveling around the country, teaching and doing seminars and workshops. And have you always been focused on stress? Where did you start in this business? Yeah, I think my first topic was nine-step process for mastering emotions, (laughs) you know. (laughs) But I just learned that that's a pretty universal challenge, and fortunately, it's continued to be. Exxon hired me to do a multi-day training on successfully managing the stress of change. Mm -hmm. And so it was really about how to be more kind to yourself. (laughs) Well, and that's something that all of us can benefit from and, and certainly the audiences that you speak to. But when did you start getting interested in making sure that your programs were approved for continuing education units? Way too late. (laughs) You know, I was just ignorant about that. It took me a long time to learn that I needed to make sure I get testimonials. Yeah, well, that's yeah, that we could do a whole other podcast. On yeah, that. it took me a long time to learn I needed to get referrals. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I thought being good was good enough. No, no, no. This is a business. Uh, it took me a long time to learn to close the sale, you know, <laughs> to have a call to action. You know, getting continuing education units is just like something most of us don't necessarily need. I did in my profession, I'm a psychologist, I needed 20 hours a year. But you know, I didn't think about that being a powerful factor in uh, growing my business and making more money, and it really did become so. It's probably been in the last 15 years where I learned more about that and began to more regularly ask and find out more about it. 
So, so you started, or your, your background is you're a psychologist, so you needed to have those types of units. Yeah. But this is true kind of across different industries. Nurses need to have that. Uh, I cut my teeth in the speaking industry, speaking to lawyers and having continuing, they call it CLE in that industry, continuing legal education. That was a really important thing. So, I mean, do most industries have this? Do all industries have this? What do you find? It's a professional requirement for people who have a certification or a license that requires regular upkeep. So, no, not everybody does. Maybe not everyone speaker's target market does, but you might expand your target market to one that does because the power of continuing education units is people are required to get them. You know, they may not be required to take your program, but if you've got CEUs, that adds a whole glamour, a whole aura. And, you know, speakers have to learn that an individual is not our audience. An organization is our audience. You know, we need to market to organizations, corporations, associations. And the same thing with uh, online or uh, in-person programs. Uh, associations are involved in continuing education uh, for their membership as well and selling to them. So does everybody's topic have the ability to fit into a CEU? No. No, that's one of the things you have to learn how to find out about. And that requires research. You know, you have, uh, most uh, professional associations on their national website, local website, will have a list of competencies that people are required to prove they have. And you ought to know what those competencies are if you want to have that as a target market. Even if you're not going for CEUs, knowing which of their competencies your topic speaks to is a very powerful marketing tool, not only in your initial contacting of the association, you know, say, hey, my program speaks to this competency. Wow, they know you know about them. That shifts you out of anybody who's just knocking on their door. I'm a speaker. Hire me. And it also helps them in their marketing to their membership to highlight the competency that this program is going to address. Well, and that is that is such a good point, because as members of the National Speakers Association and of course, Speakernomics is the official podcast of the National Speakers Association. We have our five competencies as as an organization. Exactly. Abundant generosity, elevating excellence, uplifting humanity, honorable innovation and intentional language. I don't know if I have those in the right order, but those are the ones. It really isn't an order. You know, it is all of them are important. And, and so if someone wants to present to NSA influence, make sure you're addressing one of those. Right. That's That was exactly my point, is that being able to know that those are the, the competencies of the organization can help can help you get booked in the first place. Well, it helps you be seen as caring about the organization, as knowledgeable enough to even know that, uh, and that you're going to be supportive of them. And that's real important in, in, in just selling yourself, <clears throat> but also in, in being able to get continuing education units. They need to know that you know them. And just some little things like that is sufficient. So I want to dive into your tips for speakers who are interested in the idea of getting approved to have CEUs. Your first one was have bite-sized learning experiences. What, what do you mean by that? Well, if you look at the history of our speaking industry, I mean, I used to do like five-day trainings for Exxon for years and years and years. I receive the highest trainer evaluations every year, so I'm really proud of that. But um, even keynotes, you know, hour, stuff like that. But that's all kind of been compressed. So you, know, you used to, went down to maybe an hour a day training. Now it's like half a day training. Uh, now, you know, 
half an hour program, TEDx, 18 minutes. <laughs> and, you know, so there's this compression. We used um, Jackie Lyle's research of 500 leaders to really identify that what they wanted were these three to five minute learning experiences. Now, I think when I say that, most speaker minds freeze. <laughs> three to five minutes, how can I say anything valuable in three to five minutes? It takes me, you know, and I had the same reaction. Oh, my God. You know, but that's what the market wanted. And so we realized that that's what we needed to deliver if we were going to be successful. But you can't go to the market and say, oh, no, no, you need me for a whole hour, you know. <laughs> Now, I mean, I remember, you know, years ago, I was giving a talk to a major department store. They said that we love this. We want you to go to every department store in the country and present this program. But we had a problem with one of the words you used. I went, oh, what's that? They said meditation. We're uncomfortable with that word. I was so naive. I was so arrogant. I said, well, that's what it's called. <laughs> Did I get that contract? No. Today, I would go, wow, what would you like it called? <laughs> would relaxation be okay? Do you think that would have been okay? That, pr- that probably would have worked for him. Absolutely. And so I began to learn to speak in the jargon of the target market, not my jargon, not how it was so important and said in my mind. And so that uh, transition to learning how to say things in small bites, it took some practice and help. So I had a team of writers. So I do like an initial draft, and then people start tearing it apart, and mainly getting rid of words. <laughs> <laughs> well, we, that, that is one thing many of us have, is lots of words that we can use. Now. And, and, too, and too many, you know. And also, I think a lot of us uh, maybe, you know, really prepare our material, but then we're open to being spontaneous and, and more conversational. Conversational, etc. But when you're creating product like this, you know you can't be too far off script because you might start to say something that's actually you know lesson number forty-two. You know, so I really had it scripted and used a teleprompter and got Lou Heckler to help me learn how to do that. Well, he's a legend in in NSA, Uh, but I really had to learn how to present in bite-sized pieces. And even that phrase, bite-sized, is jargon. Uh, Originally, we had it kind of in our mind online micro-learning experiences or something like that. <laughs> but we learned the target market uses the word on, on, on demand. So I want to I clarify really quick because I think we're talking about two things and both are super important. So as a speaker, there's the in-person training and and keynoting that then breakout sessions that we do. And it was interesting because you talked about how it used to be you could do a five day training for one group. I remember just 13 years ago, 15 years ago, when I got into the industry, a keynote often, not always, but often was 90 minutes. Yeah. And the other day I had somebody ask me, you know, do you want an hour or do you want 90 minutes for your keynote? And I was like, not 90 minutes. I mean, that's great because I can be more interactive. I can tell longer stories and I haven't had anyone ask for 90 minutes in, in forever. And so that that's the one thing is in person is getting shorter and you have to be able to do it. And within that 40 minute keynote, you have to be able to be bite sized within it. Then the other thing is having online training options that you do and you offer online training with the CEUs to your to your people. So is there a difference in how you get bite sized when you're doing an hour training or maybe a half day and when you're doing something on video that is short and chunked? Certainly, it's harder in the video short and chunked. But I think we still are chunking things when we're doing an hour. 
you know, so you want to have kind of a little bit of a roller coaster, you know, where you have, you know, a series of points and you've got the story and you've got a little bit of a hero's journey around each one and you've got some callback at the end of the beginning. And so there are all those pieces that we learn to do, but they're pieces. And those can all be somewhat interchangeable in some ways, depending on what the purpose of the speech is in the organization. And I know sometimes when I'm giving a talk, a part of my mind's looking at options, and the next option's kind of coming into the shoot. <laughs> <laughs> so, so let's talk about online courses because you've had a lot of success with that, with the with the continuing education units in, involved. So, when did you start offering the online training? And let's keep with this theme of, of being bite sized. And have you over time shortened them down? How how is that? Oh yeah, evolved? I mean when I first did it. You know, that was irrelevant. (laughs) Maybe the whole program, it was just a whole program that took maybe 45 minutes, an hour for someone to go through. With this Calm in the Storm program, which I'm making available to all NSA members in October uh, for free, uh, so they can see what I'm talking about and how that can be done. That was really a very conscientious choice. We did a lot of market research last year in the spring, a year ago, and then we really developed it all and created it and produced it during the summer. And There are 65 of these three- to five-minute videos. They average about four minutes. Hmm. And that was the goal. And so we just I gave myself to that and had a lot of help. I had about three writers working with me on it. And, uh, and some of them were younger, we had different ages, because I would say something like, uh, just the facts, ma'am, you know, and, and then we go, what's that from? Where's, what do you <laughs> Yeah, I saw somebody, I saw somebody the other day make a reference to Mork and Mindy. And I was like, wow, that may not have stood up as well as some other things. Yeah. Well, one of the things I've learned, even in, in person, is you don't want to say anything that stops a person's mind. And, and it has them go off and, you know, you don't want to say things that create resistance unless that's your purpose and you're going to deal with the resistance. So to, how you phrase things is, is real important. And I've also learned that these bite-sized pieces, when you're talking with organizations about CEUs, you know, it's the difference between when you call them and, and, and talk about your program and they say, well, could you send us something? Or when you call and say, our program has 16 CEUs and it's in bite-sized learning experiences, they go, oh, tell me more. Those two things are gold. And so, you know, one of them is up to you to produce the um, bite-sized pieces, but the other one has to do with uh, getting someone to approve it. And that's really a whole different topic. How do you get someone to approve it? So let's jump into that really quick. How do you get someone to approve it for their continuing education units, for their association? We talked about the research first about your target market so you know what you're talking about when you go in. That's the first thing. But I really love Joe Charbonneau's approach. He was another NSA legend who said, you know, you don't just call it to sell. You call it an interview. So his model was, what time of year are you considering speakers? What kind of information do you need from speakers? How would you like to be communicated with? Those are the interviewing questions that say, I want to learn how to help you be successful. Now, if they're really wanting to talk about your program right then, you're ready, but that's not your purpose right then. So the same thing with us when we were learning how to you know, approach people. We used um, some questions from um, the Jackie Lyle's business champions mail cell message. So like, what are your business, business challenges? What are the biggest ones? Uh, imagine a partnership with us and Calm in the Storm program to meet that challenge. What would that look like? How would you measure success? What would it do for your organization? What would it do for you personally? Who needs to be involved in that decision? So so all of that shows we're concerned about their needs 
And that kind of approach is really important. That's what that serving attitude is about. I was just going to say, that's a perfect transition to your second tip, which is take a serving rather than a selling uh, approach. And so when, when we really look at, you know, you want to get in, you want people to, to have this program, you want it to get approved for the, the CEUs. How does serving versus selling really come into play? Well, a big piece of that is customizing. So like we had one organization whose committee was going to be making the decision was called the Professional Wellness Committee. And our contact advised us to somehow use that. So we completely made a duplicate copy of our program, Calm in the Storm Professional Wellness. We also learned that for CEUs, there's a questionnaire at the end of every module, about eight questions, and you have to pass all of those to get the CEUs. They said, we only want one question. <laughs> okay. So we have their version, one question. So learning how to customize the product to meet their needs, <laughs> you know, they're the ones who wants to pay you. You need to listen to what they say they need and provide that. Even if it's a complete duplicate of, of the program, which is IT's problem, not my problem. <laughs> <laughs> so this idea of, of serving, I mean, this is true whether you, you have CEUs or, or you're just really trying to come in and, and do their keynote. Being able to be there of service is really important. So you've been in this business now for, for many, many decades. How have you seen this idea of rather than, you know, showing up as the expert, that sage on the stage and, and doing your thing to really being sort of a partner before, during and after the the event? Or in this case, you know, if you have an online program, how is that being a partner and really serving them? How has that become the norm and the important thing for speakers versus what it might have been years ago? Well, I think anybody who's continuing in the business has to do that, <laughs> you know, because um, the market is requiring it. Uh, they don't want a lecture. They want interaction. You know, so that's really having more of a conversational model, working more with people before you even get there. For instance, I do uh, interviews with key stakeholders, which helps me get more into the organization to find out what are the key buttons. You know, how can I speak to their specific issues? Sometimes I do a survey of people who are going to be participating so I can say, this is what management thinks. This is what I think. This is what you think. You know, all of that reduces people's resistance to participating, <laughs> uh, but it also uh, it shows a certain customization and a willingness to collaborate. And I think those who are succeeding and growing in this business have to learn how to do that and make that just part of your style, which, by the way, is actually easier. <laughs> you know, it takes a little more effort, but uh, it helps you be more successful to know more about your audience. All right. So there's a lot of speakers out there. Most, I would say, don't have online training courses. So, you know, if they're even doing continuing education, it's just their live side. You put a lot into producing this latest course that you put out, The Calm in the Storm. So what caused you to want to have this course and what caused you to really push for that continuing education unit as part of what you're doing? You know, I've been wanting to do this for decades. I don't believe in created and they will come. <laughs> so that's why the marketing was done. That's why we've done all this work. This is my legacy. This is a combination of all the tools and techniques that have made a difference in my life, that have made my home life better, that's made my career better, uh, that I want to make sure is available for others. And, you know, I'm getting up in age, and I'm not always going to be in the room. And I learned early on that the real goal of speakers is to get paid for not being there. 
And most of us don't even think that way. And having an online product is the way to do that. And we've overcome what we felt decades ago that, oh, if I give it away or it's available somewhere other than me live, why would they want me live? But I think exactly the opposite is true. The more people see you, the more experience you, the more they want from you. All right. So this course Calm in the storm. You're making it available for the month of October to all NSA members. It's going to be available in the NSA digital vault so that people can see it. Now, obviously, it's there to, you know, help people deal with stress and move through it quicker. That's the content. But it's also there as an example of how to build a course that's going to be able to get approved for the CEUs and that you can sell because a lot of people build courses. A lot of people build courses that don't sell. So let's talk about the course and why you're offering it to NSA members and what they should watch it take away? Well, you know, NSA has been such a blessing in my life since I joined in 1992. Um, you know, I, I was a presenter at the first uuh, conference I went to and I learned so much I went home and doubled my fee. <laughs> <laughs> but since then, you know, this is the place to learn what the cutting edge is doing and we get the best in the business. Uh, but also there's such a heart about it. You know, when Harvey hit Houston, the foundation called every NSA member in Houston. Uh, no other association did that. And if someone was in need, they could cut a check for a thousand dollars right then. I've been diagnosed with pancreatic cancer this year and NSA partnered with ATD and set up a, a fund for me. And and that's been t- tremendously helpful. Foundation called and said, what can we do? You know, I said, well, I'm doing fine. Can we pay parking at the hospital? You know, I mean? <laughs> just anything. And my best friends are in NSA. And so, you know, yeah, I want to give this to my fellow best friends and anyone in NSA. And I hopefully that it'll be a benefit that can help people uh, join NSA uh, just to have access to this uh, program. Because, again, it's what has changed my life and what I use every day to learn how to recognize stress and move through quicker, but also how to collaborate more with others. Because I think most conflicts, we have a misunderstanding, but we have this emotional wave hit us that causes us to forget any communication skill. So this program really is going to give people uh, life skills tools that are really powerful. But as you say, it's also a good example. And it uses LearnDash, which is something anybody can learn how to use. It's a very simple program for creating things. And, you know, it even has like a certificates that generated when people go through and get all the CEU stuff. Uh, and we've learned that CEUs now are, are different than in the past. In the past, you had to go to association, get approved by them, sponsor. But now a lot of associations are responsible for making sure the program fits. And we've gotten things from like the um, Texas CPA Foundation has given us 16 CEUs. We learned that because they did, all engineers can get 16 CEUs. And then we got the Board of Certified Safety Professionals, a national association, because they got 16, they get it 16. So you start to snowball with other associations once you get Corwin. And I got the CPA one because I had past experience with the CPA. So it's a, a, a build on your contacts, build on your clients, go through them to find out what, who is the decider, how are CEUs done within the them and and create a way to be successful with them. So as somebody who's going through this course, what should they be watching for? Not from the from the stress and life side, but from the I want to create my own course that I can sell that's going to work and that's going to be able to be approved. What should they be looking for? Yeah, one of the most important things that helped me get over my oh, I'm only got three to five minutes is many of the lessons have a worksheet. And that gave me a chance to do more. (laughs) 
to say more, to add an application component to it. You know, because a lot of times in our in-person programs and online programs, we do want some application. But these lessons are really just delivering the content. The worksheets are where the real work is done. And uh, so that helped me a lot. So make sure that you have worksheets to go with. And, you know, you know our model of repurposing content, you know, you can take an hour presentation and cut it into 10 short little videos and create a worksheet for each one. And now you've got a 10 lesson module or two modules is five lessons each. So that's where you begin. All right. So, Rob, it's been a pleasure talking to you about this. Absolutely. C- CEUs are not something I've paid much attention to. I've, I've had them approved before, you know, when yeah. I would speak, they would get it approved. I never, I've never thought much about it. So this, this gets my mind thinking about how can I use this? And I'm sure many of the listeners as well. Anything else about continuing education units that we haven't covered that you think all speakers should be aware of? Organizations will pay for their members to take your program. <laughs> I have an organization that's looking at buying it for all their members as a member benefit. I mean, that's huge. I mean, it would take me forever to sell that to every one of their individual members. And so that's one of the ultimate prizes uh, that you can uh, achieve through this. Nice. Nice. Well, Rob, thank you so much. And I think everybody should go check out in the Digital Vault, the Calm in the Storm program, both for your own stress and for learning about how to do this. And you're going to get a lot of emails through September about this. So be looking for the link from there. Nice. Sounds great. Again, thank you for being here. And thank you for your support of the National Speakers Association. And thank you to everybody who tuned in and listened. You know what? Join us every single week for more thoughts, ideas, and actionable information on how to make more money as a professional speaker and how to build a better business. And always remember the motto of this podcast, speak, get paid, repeat. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.